This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this podcast is a conversation on the Four Faith Weekly Devotional sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe to Four Faith in the episode's description. Bishop, you called this week's devotion Standing for Truth. And I understand the question folks want to understand. They want to know how to stand up for truth when there's so much lying, gaslighting, scapegoating, et cetera, et cetera. But I have a more fundamental question that I'd like to pose. What is truth? Right. Yeah. I knew you might be (laughs) wanting to go there. And so, yeah, I mean, so that's it, isn't it? Um, and, and this is, and if you read through my meditation, that's why I started where I started, right? So what is the truth, right? What is the truth? And, you know, uh, even Jesus wanted to know that uh, during, during his last hours, right? He was asking that what is, uh, or Pilate was asking that of him, you know, what is the truth, right? And, you know, he couldn't, Pontius Pilate couldn't recognize the truth standing right in front of him. And so the truth for us fundamentally is that the most true thing in the universe is God. That we believe that the universe uh, has a benevolent mind. Uh, that's how uh, Einstein put it. And, and we also believe that the most true thing about this benevolent mind, this God, is that God is love. That's what the Bible says. So, so right there, you have enough to live your entire life yeah. right there on truth that God is the most real thing, most true thing there is, that there is, and the most true thing about that God in all of God's creative expressions, creativity, uh, redemption, sustaining, is that God is love, right? That that is the rhythm and cadence of the universe, right? And so also concurrent, right? Inseparable and irrefutable uh, is this notion that if that is true, then love God and love neighbor, is also true, right? So that's those are the true two tenets. Jesus said those are the most two true things in all of Scripture, right? And so, so for us, that's the truth. Uh, that is the truth. And and what's so difficult about that is is that uh, we are uh, invited uh, to uh, to uh, announce, reinforce, increase the knowledge of that truth wherever we find ourselves. And that is not contingent on the way that other people behave. And that's the hard part, mm-hmm. right? And so we are to stand in that truth. God is real, able, good, and generous. God is love. God loves me and God loves my neighbor, period, full stop. And, and that is supposed to transcend economics. That is supposed to transcend politics. That is supposed to transcend business uh, and on and on and on and on. And so what is true that is true for us. And, and we try to live out of that and cast light on that mm-hmm. everywhere we go. Well, in your video message, you talked about uh, many having feelings, uh, feeling the need to be right or to win. Um, and that there's, there's pride wrapped up in both of those sentiments. I mean, I like the idea of bearing witness because it means to me that I'm not about winning or proving someone wrong. I'm just worrying about my own side of the street, sharing I think I know based on what I know from scripture or those who pass their faith along to me. So you posed right. a question, are God's truths my lived truths? And my question is, how do I know if I'm standing on the side of God's truth? 
Right. Well, I mean, you know, the good news is that we don't have to make this up, right? My daughter is an is an actress, right? So she has to stick to the script, right? She can't, in the middle of telling someone else's story as an actress, she can't just sort of start you know, backfilling with a, a lot of her words that she sort of is generating. Uh, she she is uh, to stick to the script. We have a script that tells us what justice is, uh, that tells us, and, and of course, justice is just love and street clothes, right? So we we know what love is in business. Uh, we know what love is to the immigrant. That's what the Bible says. We know what love is to the one who has fallen short. Uh, we know what love is to the one who uh, needs healing and who is sick. Uh, this is why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are so important, but it's more than that. It's the Jewish law as well about uh, about how to be neighbor. Uh, and so, you know, we, we know even down to how to, how to lend money from Scripture uh, in a righteous and neighborly way, right? Uh, despite what uh, regular business practices tell us. So, I mean, we, we, we have a script. Uh, we have guidance. Uh, we're not left uh, all alone. And, and, and I, I dare say that there's nothing that is happening on CNN right now that we don't have guidance for in Scripture and in, in our tradition uh, and in the example of the men and women who lived for love and bore witness, you know, in years, decades, uh, uh, millennia, in fact, uh, previous to us. So, so we're not resourceless uh, in this regard. It is, uh, do, we, uh, do we want to bring uh, our soul force, our intellect, our heart, our mind, our will, our imagination to bear in this way? That's the question. Well, okay, so that's problematic for me, though, a little bit, right? Because we're all reading the same script, and yeah. we're all interpreting it. Many of us interpret it differently, and there lies in the conflict. Yep. And I don't know what question I have, it, but it's a real, it's problematic for me, because it's hard for me to say, like, okay, here's the script, and then and then understand that, okay, we're not seeing eye to eye, because clearly we're interpreting it differently. So how do you how do you disseminate truth when people are reading differently through different lenses? Sure. Sure. So let let's go back to the fundamental truth, right? We said that God is love. I'm not making that up. That's what totally. the Bible says, yeah. right? So so the question is on January 6th, then how do I have a, a baseball hat with a cross on it? And how do I have a big shirt with a big old cross on it, the cross of Jesus presumably? And how do I beat the hell out of a security guard? Or a Capitol Police officer. I mean, is that reconciled to God is love? I mean, so so what interpretation of Scripture is that is that uh, brother or sister reading from, right? So I, I think there are examples that we have where people have inserted something uh, into the narrative that we all have from Scripture, right? So how 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 are we justifying that God is love in that particular moment, mm. right? And there are other moments. Uh, how do we do that? I mean, you know, so I, I think that, uh, you know, when we castigate neighbor, um, uh, when we when we lynch or kill or cheat or steal, I mean, I think we know that that does not square up uh, to the narrative. I think we know what we're doing. We're manipulating narrative. We're making Jesus in our image rather than the reverse, right? And so I think that this is why it's crucial for us to go back again and again and again to the wellspring of the truth. And that for us is Jesus of Nazareth. 
And so, you know, the, the, our presiding bishop says it so wonderfully well. If it ain't about Jesus and if it ain't about, you know, love, it, you know, it's not about God at all. And so we have to be honest about what it's about. And it's about Christian nationalism nowadays, which is about fear, which is about white supremacy, yeah. right? Which is about lots of other things, right? It's about exceptionalism. Uh, it's, it's about, you know, going from a leading nation uh, among nations to now becoming a peer nation and being disoriented in, in a national identity. It's about fear being weaponized. It's about economy being weaponized. Uh, it's about men and women, uh, 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 sort of uh, laws being uh, put in place uh, that pref give preferential treatment to Wall Street over Main Street, uh, of profit over people, right? And so again and again, as we look through the lens of Scripture, we see where how far we are from it. Right. And so the, you know, the reason I wrote what I wrote was, is that uh, for thinking, uh, uh, feeling, intending people, we have to always be looking at the gap between what we say and how we live. Yeah. Well, friends, we'll be back after this short break. What questions are on your heart this season of Lent? Bishop Wright is embarking on a new series, Five Lenten Questions, to respond to questions asked by our listeners. These questions are centered on the themes of self-examination, when God is silent, building beloved community, bearing witness to truth, and towards joy. Each Wednesday of Lent, there will be a new video and a reflection guide for use on your own or in a group. You can join us by following Bishop Wright on Instagram and Facebook. Welcome back to Four People. Bishop, some claim to know God's truth fully. And honestly, that makes me a little sick to my stomach. <laughs> when someone claims to know God's truth fully, like they have the secret recipe and their truth is God's truth, which is cute. Um, I mean, I've always said, like, I've always said the hubris involved in claiming to know God's truth fully rivals that of Satan's. So Bishop, um, there are many in our country who claim to love Jesus, yet believe the most outrageous things about their fellow Americans. And because they read their Bible and listen to their preacher and they go to church every Sunday, they truly believe they're fighting for truth. And most believe they're standing on the side of righteousness. So how might we begin to come together to help discern what is and what isn't real? when everyone is bombarded with so much noise in the news, social media, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't forget that scripture has been used uh, uh, as a bullhorn for misogyny, uh, homophobia, for slavery, uh, for cheating uh, people, for abusing immigrants, et cetera. We, we shouldn't forget how, how scripture has been um, disfigured by people who have, you know, ego-driven agendas, right, uh, or economic agendas or political agendas. So we just want to want to name, you know, all of that. Uh, but but I think what we what what we're charged to be about uh, is to stay close to the heart of what Scripture says uh, and is. And what Scripture says and is, when you read all of it, is is that you know we're we're left with these two fundamental truths: God is love. Right and and we are to love neighbor, and and I think that any 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 truth that people are trying to sort of uh, 
you know, leverage or promote that somehow does damage or violence uh, to those two truths uh, is categorically not the truth of Scripture and not the truth of God. And so I think I think what what people think, therefore, is that then let's get in a shouting match about that. <laughs> and I, I, I don't I don't I don't see that as the way forward. Um, you know, I, I see the way forward is 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 being able to live those truths and build and use your resources in that regard and to begin to promote that better narrative. I mean, think about God's patience in this regard. Right. Even God is willing to be patient and to watch us malign and disfigure God's truth on the way to a day when we might work this out uh, with the help and aid of the Holy Spirit. So I guess what I'm saying is that we're, we're in the long, uh, the long haul here. I, I think that some of this gets, uh, uh, is, is, uh, is helped along by this notion of uh, we've got to get this done tomorrow. Well, we've got to, we've got to work for tomorrow, but as we know, you know, tomorrow is not going to happen tomorrow, right? That this is, you know, we we have a generational problem, and it's going to take committed men and women over the long haul applying love and innovation and imagination and resourcefulness to begin to right the wrongs of our world. And, you know, I love what Amanda Gorman said, uh, you know, the poet laureate, the youth poet laureate. She said, our, our nation isn't broken, it's just unfinished. And that, that's the viewpoint that Scripture seems to take towards us and that I take towards myself and that I take towards my neighbor, and I hope that they're taking towards me, is, is that I'm not broken necessarily. I've got some, some pieces of me that are undone, but I'm, I'm a project that is, that is still on the, on the potter's wheel here. And I, I think we've got to do that. Now, uh, we've got to do that, but we've also got to put laws in place which, which keep us from hurting one another and uh, from bringing our bias and our prejudice and our racism uh, to bear in ways that disfigure our national identity, et cetera. Yes, we've got to do all that simultaneously. But if we're talking about winning hearts and minds, that's the long haul. That's the long haul. And every time we try to run roughshod over the fact that we have to do this over time, and we get expressions like what we see at the Capitol. We get other expressions where we have decided that our cause is so righteous that I can kill neighbor to achieve it. Well, I'm, I'm sure you're following the news uh, because you're in the know. Beth Moore, a popular Southern Baptist Bible teacher, she is, uh, yeah. you know, Right. contracted with Lifeway, just very recently stood up and said that she can no longer be a Southern Baptist. Um, she stands up for a lot of women's rights and uh, was very dissatisfied with the way um, many of her denomination were backing some less awesome things in the political landscape. And so, you know, you did talk about being confident and brave and courageous to stand up for what one believes in. And I don't really know if I have a question here, Bishop, but I wonder, I, I wonder how you see people doing these brave things individually and what might become of more of these courageous acts if only people felt the need or the call or the desire to do what they believe is right. You know, you're you're talking about um, uh, the uh, the woman who was a, a, a wonderful teacher, 
uh, in the Southern and uh, Southern Baptist uh, Convention, and and she has decided uh, recently to disaffiliate, and 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 I think that what she real, I mean, from what I've read of what she wrote, she had decided that that the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, who is, is supposed to be centered on Scripture, uh, has now become a stronghold of something other than the love of God in Christ Jesus. And she took her time and made her decision and apparently had, you know, no, you know, no shortage of conversation with people. But then how she stood up for truth, how she bore witness, how she's bearing witness is to disaffiliate with groups who are affiliating, uh, you know, who have at their center something other than Jesus Christ. And so uh, it, it sort of goes back to our opening, it, you know, uh, how do you stand up for truth? Uh, sometimes it's as quiet as a resignation. Sometimes it's as loud as a resignation. Sometimes it's as, it's as loud as starting something different. Sometimes it's using your platform, your celebrity, your dais to say something's not quite right here. And what I loved about what she did was she didn't cast aspersions on anybody else. She didn't condemn anybody else. No doubt she could have named names and, and gone through you know a tell-all, and she didn't do that. She simply said that this does not meet muster anymore. And I've got, to, you know, and what I'm hoping by this beautiful act is, is that other brothers and sisters who are sitting there, and by the way, I have nothing against the Southern Baptist Convention, nothing at all. But I'm hoping that brothers and sisters who, who have thought her a very able uh, teacher for decades will now look at her and say, wow, some, I better investigate this. I better take a look at this. I better reflect on this. Is she on to something? Have we become a stronghold for something other than Jesus Christ? Hmm. And this is this is possible for any institution. We were talking earlier at the break about the church. The truth of the matter is, this is this is what I would say. The truth of the matter is, is that Jesus would not be welcome in most Episcopal churches, period. The, the truth of the matter is that Jesus would not be welcome at most boards. Uh, that are church affiliated, period, because Jesus had radical ideas. And what we have done is we've turned Jesus, the raging bull, into a milk cow. And we have done this for organizational sustainability and survival. We have done this so as not to offend, right? And so I have to look at myself and others have to look at themselves at, at you know, in what ways have I colluded with that, right? But I think that Jesus would not be welcome in most churches, right? We've made Jesus in our image. Jesus is not an English speaker. Jesus is not from America. Jesus is not an NRA member, right? Jesus is not from South Georgia, right? Jesus is a very small, swarthy, woolly-haired Jew whose daddy was a day laborer and whose birth uh, was suspicious, right? He wouldn't even make the class muster to be among us, by and large. Right. And so the, the truth of the matter is, is that as we try to live with that truth, which is inconvenient, what it does, I believe, or what it can do, I believe, is make us more supple about who we say is our Lord and how we look at neighbor. And when we stop doing that, we really run the risk of being an agency and an organization fixated on something other than Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. Well, I do know it's hard, right? It's hard to stand up for truth. It's hard to bear witness because there's always consequences. 
I know I'm, I'm pretty sure Beth Moore is going to be a bit lonely. And I mean, even considering uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, who came out and shared their truth, there are going to be major consequences and everyone is going to be judging and taking sides and et cetera, et cetera, right? So doing the hard things, standing up for truth. Um, this has meant a lot. This has been a great conversation, Bishop, and I'm grateful. Thank you listeners for listening to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week. 